All right, well, welcome to the Global Church Podcast, and I'm Scott McManigle. I'm one of the Global Missions Pastors here at FBC, and uh, I've got some special guests here with me today, uh, Hunter Mayo and two of his kids, Brandon and Bailey, and uh, they uh, got to take a special trip over the Christmas break. And so we wanted to spend this episode just kind of interviewing you guys and have you just tell us all just what you experienced and where you went. And so, yeah, where'd you go? You guys want to talk about that? <laughs> where did we go? When did we leave? Um, so we left December 25th, Christmas Day, around three o'clock from our house. So we got the festivities out of the way. We were able to hang out with family and open presents and stuff. And then we headed out. Um, it was me, my sister Bailey, my father, and my older brother, uh, Seth. Um, the flight was 12 hours, 12 and a half hours. That wasn't the best part of the trip, obviously. But <laughs> That was just a we, Yeah, that was just <laughs> yeah. half of it. But um, we went to Nepal for 10 days. Um, half, six of those days, we stayed in the village with um, one of our missionaries that we help over there, Gopal and his family. And then the last four days of our trip, we were in Kathmandu, more of the city, and um, visited his church that he kind of helps with there. Yeah, so did uh, while you were there with Gopal, did he give you any of his background and like what he did before he was a pastor and things like that? Yeah, we asked a lot of questions just because yeah. one of the cool things about the trip is you're, you're hanging out with him all the time. So you've got tons of time to find out about. Did you guys stay in their house? or? Yeah. He, you know, one of the things about these people and, and Gopal and his family is they're just gracious and hospitable people. Huh. He, uh, he moved out of his house yeah. so that we could live in his house. Wow. Um, and, and he moved to the old church building, okay. which uh, they don't really use a whole lot anymore. But right. it uh, doesn't have beds. It doesn't have furniture. It huh. uh, doesn't have indoor plumbing. Uh, but we had all of that. Uh, he gave that to us. So wow. uh, we were really blessed. I had warned the kids. I, I didn't know what it was going to be like. It might be like camping. Yeah. But um, no, actually, we were we were living a pretty good life while he, uh, keep in mind, he's on crutches. His wife's on crutches. That's right. And they're sleeping on the floor. So they're still on crutches from, yeah. from their axe, auto ac- or bi- uh, motorcycle. motorcycle yeah, they were, they were hit by a young man. Um, right. And both of their legs, both of their right legs were um, hurt. Her, his wife's. Um, Rita's leg was hurt really bad. Uh, yeah. They had to completely restructure her knee. Um, he has a, a rod in his leg. Um, but praise God, while we were there, the Lord uh, just allowed some healing work there. So his leg, he was able to walk by the end of the week uh, without a crutch. Wow. Was um, more than, I think it was two days. Yeah. The, the third day, we prayed We prayed a lot the third night we were there. And by the like the fourth day like the morning he was walking without a crutch a lot more wow and he i don't think he used it that whole day and he used it a little bit the following days like going up and down stairs and stuff but other than that he was walking around fine and his wife's leg was like she we could tell that she was it was feeling a little better but she still had to use a crutch a lot but yeah yeah, it was really nice well this accident took place back in september seven months Mm -hmm. ago yeah yeah in fact they had to live in Kathmandu for a time because right I think his wife was in the hospital maybe four or six weeks. Yeah. And uh, with the PT and everything they needed to do, they were in Kathmandu for quite some time. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, we learned a lot about his life. And, and it's it's a really neat story because he grew up in the mountains. 
Uh, he was just a, a mountain boy right. uh, in a place where I think he said it was a four-day journey to the closest town or something. Wow. So, of course, he had villagers that lived nearby, but it's yeah. not like they traded with money. They traded in things. Yeah. Um, you know, he told the story that he had one shirt. Remember the story about he had one shirt. So <laughs> uh, when his mom washed it, he, he was telling the story about how he dried by laying out in the sun. But anyway, um, <laughs> he's uh, he's from uh, – it's all Hindu. Right. Uh, his – you know, he's from the highest caste, right. so that's kind of an advantage. Happened to be born into the highest caste, right. but uh, he was a very proud Hindu. He um, he was taught his religion from a very young age, and he was uh, he was proud of it. Uh-huh. And um, when he was about twenty, I'm going to get some of these ages sure. wrong, but yeah. when he was about twenty, uh, somebody he knew had a Bible, hmm. so he decided I'm going to read this Bible because I want to be able to defend against Christianity. Hmm. I'm, because he's from the priestly caste, so right. I, wanted, I need to be able to defend against it. And in reading the New Testament, I think he said he wrote, read one gospel, and he said, wow, this God is really powerful wow. with all these miracles. Yeah. But in their theology with many gods, it right. was just one of many, right? right. So right. he's like, I won't speak against that God because mm-hmm. he's so powerful, so mm-hmm. maybe I'll just uh, withhold from speaking against that God. Wow. And then, uh, then he read Revelation. And when he read Revelation, he realized, okay, wait a minute, there's a judgment here, and I'm not, I'm on the wrong side. And this is as an unbeliever. As an unbeliever, yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> and so he became a Christian without anyone being involved. I mean, it was wow. it was a situation where yeah. it was him and God huh. and the Book of Revelation. Yeah. And so he becomes huh. a believer, and uh, he said, you know, I became a Christian. I didn't really know much about what that meant, but yeah. he started reading the New Testament, and yeah. and then the Lord. Um, <clears throat> At that time, he was a teacher mm-hmm. in kind of a rural area. Right. And the Lord um, drew in, him in back a, in to... In a government school. In a government system, school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then he drew, the Lord drew him back to kind of uh, the Plains area where he's now at. Uh-huh. And um, he was a teacher in the government school there, but he started a church. In fact, it's kind of a funny story, too. Um, he talked to a pastor and was like, I want to be involved in your church. Mm-hmm. But that pastor had a church that seemed like it was a distant from where he was. And the pastor said, no, that's not what you're going to do. I think the Lord's calling you to start a church there. Huh. So uh, that's kind of how he got involved in leadership. Right. Um, he's not formally seminary trained, but he knows a lot of scripture. Right. He, um, Of course, he's been, I guess, a Christian now for 20-something years. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just, you, you guys have given him a lot of material. He's been doing a lot of translating work. Right. Um, and uh, But he's... Yeah, he's translated all of our materials Um First, it was translated into Hindi. Jai, Jai mm. Pandey uh, translated all the uh, chronological lessons into Hindi. And then from English and Hindi, I think he used both, um, uh, Gopal then translated it all into Nepali. And so, yeah, he's been the one, main one that's done all that translation of, of all those lessons. Yeah. So it's, it's really neat. They have about 200 members now in their church, wow. and they have about... How, did he say how many branch churches? It seemed like four or five branch mm-hmm. churches. Yeah. We visited two. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's it's really neat to see his congregation. They're really a people of faith. And yeah. um, they just pray expectantly. They they know God. They uh, they have a real strong relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Uh, so it's really neat. So did they, while you were there, did he share any testimonies about the lives of any of the people in the church of how, you know, God has been... You know, through the teaching and and providing the foundational chronological teaching and how people are becoming established in the faith and and how that's being manifested, you know, there in their in their in their village in their culture. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the cool things about 
the the program, if you will, and I don't. Yeah, it's the best way I can describe it is right. he uses kind of the strategy you've taught him, right? Which is creation of Christ, mm-hmm. and then um, growing in the grace of God, and and those books as well, right? So that anytime anyone shows any interest, uh, they they he and a team of elders will go to their homes huh. in the evenings. Uh-huh. So most evenings they're. They're hanging out with the families because wow. most of these people are farmers, so they're working during daylight hours. Right, and then they'll go and and they'll just teach through Creation of Christ, and that's mm-hmm. that's their program. They have just this uh, as formalized as you want to call it, but mm-hmm. uh, they don't baptize anybody until a year. Right, so it's kind of this um, this thinking that hey, let's let's get them some healthy teaching right for a year, so they spend the whole year. Remember, these people have never heard of Christ. Right, it's it's a completely Hindu yeah. country, so they're teaching. They're teaching through creation of Christ for evangelism. That's how they're evangelizing these people. Correct. Yeah, right. yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right. When they first decide that they're going to um, consider right. anything, then that the first thing they do is, okay, well, let's let's educate you. Let's yeah. tell you what, what you want to learn. You, yeah. you said you want to learn. Let's tell you something. So yeah. they use that creation of Christ. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. one thing is also he said a lot of like the injuries that happen, mm-hmm. like a lot of people around the village that are also not Christians mm-hmm. always tell them like about Gopal and he, they're like, his God is like one that heals. Like we've heard of a lot of stories. And so when he goes to these places that he doesn't just pray for them for healing, but he start he says he starts with the actual creation to Christ. Uh. So then like if healing does occur, they know like who did it. And it's uh. not just like they awesome. can just, they just bounce it off like one of their gods and say, Oh yeah. no, it was actually this God. So he starts with that. So then if it, like if they get healed, they can like, he can, um, I guess, build on that creation of Christ. But if not, then he like more can explain wow. why. Like sometimes he do, like God doesn't. Yeah. Do, but those are also for like the good times. Yeah. So that's like one other way he uses the creation of Christ. Uh, so God's doing exactly the same thing there. That a lot of the same things that we can read about Him doing through the Book of Acts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You feel like you're in the Book of Acts. Yeah. It was uh, the fourth or fifth day, and Gopal. I said, so Gopal, I just. Just trying to understand how do people yeah. come to faith? Yeah. And he says, well, about half come to faith through some miraculous thing that God does in their lives. Mm. And to get their attention. Yeah, their, exactly. Right. And but it's always he doesn't always do the healing right away. Yeah. It's it's a process of time. And it's kind of neat how the Lord works because yeah. as Brandon was saying, that they teach the creation of Christ. Right. And the people who do find um, physical healing, the spiritual healing came first, right. which is the greater need, right. which is right. just the beauty of the gospel. And, right. and it's uh, it's so neat to to hear those stories, but yeah. knowing that the spiritual need is met yeah. and that the physical need is just kind of an afterthought. Right. You know? and it's, it's a secondary thing. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. And the guy just chooses to do as a, as a special blessing and to make himself known. Right. And he, and he is making himself known. It's, it's known by many right. in the village that... Uh, Gopal's God is uh, very powerful, hmm. and that's well known. Yeah. Uh, a funny story is that his brother is the Hindu priest in the huh. village. Wow. And so, and his brother's house is 300 yards from his house. Huh. So they're real close. Uh, they talk every week. Huh. Uh, they get along, and um, yeah, it's just yeah. right around the corner. Yeah. And well, as many times as I've been there, I never, I never realized that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> so huh. I had a chance to meet him, and uh, he didn't speak English, so I didn't really. <laughs> Say much, but uh, talk to his son. Yeah. Okay. Did um, did he? Of course, you saw the new building that they have. Yeah. You, you said he stayed in. Uh, he and his wife slept in the old church building. That's right. Mm-hmm. So you saw the new building, the cement 
block building. Did he did he tell you about how um, just God provided for all that and how they were able to build that building? Did he tell a, you that story? A little <laughs> bit. I mean, I think that uh, it's interesting. The Lord kind of gives him a vision. Gopal has, has very um, good leadership skills. Right. Know, the Lord gives each of us different blessings. And sure. He just happened to give him leadership right. skills. Yep. And uh, the Lord will give him a little vision. Mm-hmm. And... Um, he shares it with the church mm. and these people who are farmers mm-hmm. who, um, you know, their economic status is certainly nothing like what what we have. Yeah. But, um, you know, they they're able to raise up enough money to fund a church as, as nice as the building we saw. Right. Which is uh, and then it's just been really neat. Yeah. Yeah. He was sharing with us that as you know, and, and again, this is a rural church living out and, you know, like you said, farmers. And um, they themselves raised it was like twelve or thirteen thousand dollars of the twenty that they needed to build it, and and he said a number of the families <clears throat> at the time that they were building the new church building were also building new homes, reconstructing their homes, and and they all stopped the construction on their homes until the church was done. They wanted the church to to be done first, and I just thought, what a testimony of. You know, for one, his leadership, but of the rapport that he and that ministry has, and and the value that the people have on that church, and 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 what it means to them. And I mean, there's so many churches around the world that are constantly looking for outsiders to provide for them. Um, he he shared testimonies of of other churches in the area where other mission organizations are so involved financially that the people the people don't even raise up the funds to put up outhouses for themselves at the church they let the organization do all that you know and then here these people they stop the construction on their own homes to give to the completion of the church building first and it's a it's an amazing testimony Uh, yeah he sets that example though yeah because The school that he has, and we'll talk more about the school in a few minutes, but right. um, they needed a vehicle to get some of the kids who live far away to the school. Right. And, uh, you know, he sold land mm. and uh, took that money to buy that little van mm-hmm. so that they could do that. So he's, it's just their response to God, you yep. know, it's, 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 it's their, them getting their priorities right. It's right. really neat to see that. Yeah. I, I kind of wish I had that kind of, uh, <laughs> that kind of priority status as well you know it's like the lord comes first and and in in everything yeah and, and and you know it's some of the things i took away from the trip are rethinking how i think about mm. you know how i devote my time money resources and everything else and mm. how how strong is my faith mm. you know yeah yeah and that land that he sold to you know buy the the van or other things that you know even the land that the the, the, the new church is on it's all land that he inherited. Yeah, he inherited he from his church, family. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, you touched, you talked about the school along with the, the church. He's also started a school. So why don't you guys tell us about the school? What's the... Bailey, you want to talk about school? Yeah, so the school, there's 100 <coughs> kids in the school now. Huh. And it's from grades kindergarten or actually preschool. And preschool starts in like two years old all the way up to grade five. 
So that's really awesome. They're really reaching out to a lot of people. Wow. One thing that was really interesting about the school is because it's a government school, you mm-hmm. can't actually say anything about the Bible. Hmm. No, they're actually a private school. Well, yeah, yeah. private. But the rules still apply. Yeah, yeah. and the oh, rules okay. still apply that you can't say anything about the Bible. Hmm. So we were teaching them a parable from the gospel. We couldn't actually mention the Bible at all. Mm-hmm. So that was very interesting. Huh. Yeah. So who are the who are the kids that go to the school? So anyone in the village and in... The two nearby villages? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the van can go around and some people walk mm-hmm. and bike can. Yeah. So in Nepal, Nepal is like India and there's the caste system. You have the yeah. high, cla- high. I don't know the names of all the different castes. I know there's the high caste and, and then there's low caste and then there's even the untouchables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the kids in the school, what, what caste are they from? So his school is actually all caste, which normally is not the thing. Uh, uh-huh. Normally schools are just each class has okay. their own school. Uh-huh. So that's one extra thing that's really awesome about his school. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I believe, um, I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure we went to one village and we're like driving through and he, we actually stopped for a moment and he had to pay this young lady because she had done some work for him. And after like we had started back up, he actually told us that like, like where we were was one of the untouchable areas like yeah. no one really comes here and it was just crazy how to like you could see like how these people were on their own for sure yeah. like there's no one helping them like all the houses are like a lot of them are like broken in some way or another like they mm-hmm. but they can't be fixed and so they're just kind of living with what they have and yeah. like they're not expecting people to help them so when they see someone helping them it really like surprises mm-hmm. them and right. really, like amazes them so. Especially when it's somebody from the high caste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was like one thing. Um, Gopal's wife actually is, I think, is it one caste or two castes lower than him? Right. And so yeah. that marriage was one like a big shock to a lot of people around. Right. And especially his family and his siblings and stuff. Yeah. Now a lot did, of the, go ahead. I was just gonna say, speaking of that, I didn't even get to tell you the part of the story with Gopal's uh, testimony. Yeah. You know his his family rejected him. Right. Um, he right. was not allowed to eat with his family. Huh. Uh, I think he even said he was not allowed to set foot in their homes or some of his relatives. He was not even permitted to set foot. For becoming a Christian or for marrying a someone Christian. from a low caste? No, from becoming oh. a Christian. Oh. That was another offense to marry yeah. someone from a low caste. But, right, right. Uh, his dad at one point told him, you can have your inheritance or you can have Christ. And he said, well, dad, I'm going to take Christ. And uh, hmm. his dad did change later. But uh, hmm. the beauty of this whole story is by the end of his uh, parents' life, uh, they both became believers hmm. uh, a few months before they passed That's away. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's so, uh, right. Yeah, glory to God for that. And, and just amazing to see the power of the gospel break hmm. through hmm. Uh, that, that Hindu religion and the lostness there. And yeah. uh, so in his family, he's got a number of sisters who believe hmm. uh, his stepmom, his dad had two wives, so his stepmom also um, mm. is a believer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, cousins and, and other relatives who have come to faith. Yeah. Uh, just neat how the gospel's broken through that. Wow. Yeah. But there are still a good amount of his siblings, which are not, sadly. <clears throat> That's true, which, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Huh. Which is, we met a few of them. We actually, one of our days, I think after our, one of the second church that we visited, we went to pray for his stepmom. Mm-hmm. And there was three of his sisters there and when we started to pray two of them left with one of them one of their son to like go shopping and after we prayed my dad asked Gopal like why she left and he said well since we started praying she didn't want to stay around 
because those two um, of his sisters actually weren't believers. The other one was. Huh. And so they just don't even want to be around him when right. like, they're praying. Which is <clears throat> yeah. huh. Interesting. interesting yeah. yeah. So now in the school, um, a, lot of, a lot of the kids are from the untouchable class, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really neat. His school has several unique characteristics. Mm-hmm. Um, and he started this in 2014. Right. And the, the whole mission from the very beginning was mm-hmm. let's get a good education to kids who wouldn't have it otherwise. Yeah. So the kinds of kids he's teaching wouldn't be going to school. Right. Or they'd be going to the government school. And it's really unfortunate that the government school, if you're in the lowest caste, you kind of get shoved aside. So yeah. um, his school has a really unique reputation because not only – is he, is he teaching these people from the low caste? He's mm-hmm. actually also bringing in high caste kids. Hmm. And the reason they're coming is because it has a reputation of learning so much. Huh. So he's an English school. Okay. He teaches English medium, right. so, which is kind of cool because then we can teach the kids. Huh. Yeah. But all their books wow. are in English. Yeah. Uh, they do have one subject in Nepali, which is the, the Nepali subject. But okay. all their other uh, science, math, everything else is in English. Really? I didn't realize that. Yeah. So huh. it's really neat. So... Uh, so the school has a reputation. So the, the, these high caste families are paying yeah. to send their students there. Right. And then the low caste students come on scholarship. Right. And in fact, most of the scholarships are paid from uh, people here in FBC. Right. So. Uh, yeah. Just recently, the uh, the prime timers came to us and uh, they were, uh, you know, they would collect uh, offering among the prime timers for um, at, at the time they were supporting a project in in Kenya, and um, r- realized that really FBC was no longer really associated with that project, and so they they wanted to be a part of a project that we were associated with. So we we suggested that they consider um, partnering with Gopal in the school, and so that's what they decided to take on. So they're yeah. They're, as they collect offering, their offerings are going to be going for scholarships for untouchable kids to go to the school. Yeah, and we met him. We we played with them. We taught them, and uh, uh, yeah. they're, it's a they're a neat group of kids. Really uh, neat yeah. group of kids, and uh. it, it's really neat to see just how the Lord's used that too. Uh, I think as we were there. They went from like 95 to 100. Huh. And since we left, they're now up to 105. Yeah. And so what's happening is that a lot of, especially the low caste families, hmm. they're telling their neighbors. Yeah. And so it's just growing. And the, the largest population right now is the pre-K. Huh. They have a huge pre-K yeah, class. Really? Yeah. 30, 30, yeah, 30, yeah, wow. 30 pre-K yeah. kids. Yeah. And they're yeah. learning the alphabet, Yeah. Um, both Nepali alphabet and the English alphabet. Huh. And... Um, so yeah, it's now. Are these kids also taught the Bible while they're there in a part of the school? No, they're not so. allowed to. So he used to be able to do that. Oh okay. Yeah, just a uh, couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, the Nepali government kind of cracked down on oh, okay. um, on proselytizing. So gotcha. He is no longer teaches, allowed to teach the Bible. He teaches very biblical like mm-hmm. virtues and statute. Right. So, like he like teaches them how to like be a good like neighbor and like treat others like how you would want to be treated. But he doesn't like. I technically associate the Bible with it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But what he does do yeah. is he tells the uh, families, hey, we're going to have the kids um, have a Christmas party. Mm. And it's not during school hours. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be at the church. So you're welcome to come. Mm. And what he does is he then the parents come and then he, yeah. he presents the gospel in that context. So yeah. he can do it through those means. He just yeah. can't do it directly during school hours. Yeah. Yeah. 
but the school is definitely working as a bridge to build oh, yeah. relationships mm-hmm. into the families oh, of the community. Sure. And, yeah. yeah. And yeah. the teachers are all Christians. Mm-hmm. Right. In fact, the, the, there's some really cool things about this and right. I'll probably talk too much. No, no. Nope. Uh, some of the teachers, one of the teachers in particular, James, hmm. he grew up in the orphanage of Jai Pondi. Okay, right. Yeah. Yes. And so right. as he became of age yeah. and he was well-educated, uh, then he, and I guess Jai Pondi's orphanage teaches English too. So mm-hmm. he was able to then teach in Gopal school. Uh-huh. And so, and there are a number of folks, all the teachers are Christians. Mm-hmm. Most of them, many of them were taught uh, Gopal, Gopal was teaching them himself, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like starting in, I think, 2000 and I can't remember the years, but maybe 2010. He mm-hmm. just had a group of kids that, yeah. that were mm-hmm. lived close by that he started teaching. Right. And um, many of them have grown up now and are old enough to teach. Yeah. So it, yeah. and they pray every day yeah. before school, the teachers and they I even uh, there was a couple of times where I saw teachers praying with a student. So mm-hmm. they don't they don't hide it completely. Mm-hmm. They yeah. just have to be careful. Yeah. yeah. So did he did he talk at all about um, like when when I was there a couple of years ago the uh, the school teachers were also Sunday school teachers yeah that's mm-hmm. right yeah. and then they were also going around and holding Sunday schools in various villages I think at the time he had they had teaching going on in nine nine other villages and then six of those nine they were becoming actually becoming churches the parents started to come and. Mm-hmm. And uh, so is that is that still going on with the with the teachers? Or? It, it might be. He did say something about <clears throat> Sunday school. I didn't ask enough questions to dig into that one, but yeah. they definitely. I don't know if it's the school teachers or they've they've got um, lady leaders in those villages who are uh-huh. doing some of the leadership. Right. Uh, one of the interesting things about the culture there is that about sixty to eighty percent of the men mm-hmm. between the ages of twenty to forty mm-hmm. uh, move away for um, work. Right. So they're they're actually working in Qatar, Saudi Arabia, right. uh, United Arab Emirates, and mm-hmm. um, other places like Singapore, Malaysia, and, Singapore. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, they have a real absence of men. Right. So a mm-hmm. lot of the leadership uh, comes from the ladies. Gotcha. So in the mm-hmm. ch- churches we visited, actually, that was one of the big prayer requests was yeah. uh, raising up of, of men. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you looked around, they, there weren't any. Yeah. So uh, it's it's a struggle there. Yeah. Huh. So what are some what, uh, you, you shared a little bit ago, um, some takeaways for you. Uh, you know, coming back from the trip, what are, what are, what were some takeaways for you two going there as, um, high school students and being exposed? Is this your first overseas trip? Uh, yes. Without like a church, total church, like sponsored. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, one takeaway I had actually, it was kind of weird. It's really weird. But all the kids at the school, they have a, like all the, I guess the preschool kids, everyone, they can just kind of leave their classroom when they want to and just go outside and like run they have like this one little like slide on there that they all just run up and slide down or wow. they'll run up the slide and then slide down um but one thing i like noticed was there was not like you didn't i don't think i saw one child like cry at all like while like i was like watching them play at the like um playground or what like you'd see them like they'd take a rough hit or something but then they just get up and dust themselves off and go play and i felt like that was really like something like here like the when we were like when we we're kids like we something happens and we cry because we know like we have this feeling that someone will come save us and like help us out and so we get used to that fact of like someone's always going to be there but there they just grow up like so, like especially the untouchables like they have to fend for them, well not yeah. completely fend for themselves but they have to like 
they have to live life for themselves and like take care of their own families, especially some of these younger kids mm-hmm. are taking care of their like parents and stuff and helping them out. And I feel like that's just one thing like they're used to like getting hit down, bumped around, but they know that they can just get back up and keep going. Yeah. And that's one thing I kind of took away was I think I need to more, be more like flexible and be like, okay, I got knocked down. Like I don't need someone else's help to get back mm-hmm. up. I need to help other people and to get myself back up. So mm-hmm. that was one thing I took away from the yeah. trip. Cool. It was really cool. And then one thing I took away was like just the joy in the kids was so mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. And they weren't like whining or crying. It was just so like they had the smiles on their faces were 24 7. Mm-hmm. Never wanting to just sit down. They were always just wanting to play. Yeah. So that was just awesome. So you guys, did you guys play a lot with the kids? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, the two days yeah. yeah, we helped in the school, we were able to hang out with the kids and play with them a lot. Yeah. The first day was a little, I feel like we were, they were a little timid of us and like mm-hmm. they would look at us and then they just like kind of run away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the second day was a lot more like they would, we would play with them and to like throw them around and, uh. well not throw them around, but <laughs> <laughs> play with them and stuff and it was yeah. fun. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that's cool. Now this isn't uh, this isn't the first trip you've done with your kids. Yeah, so I think it was 2014. You and I had lunch, and I told you at that time, mm-hmm. Scott, I really want to take my high school senior mm-hmm. Levi at the time uh, somewhere in the world, mm-hmm. and I, and I want to take him uh, to see another culture and to mm-hmm. learn about what the Lord's doing. Mm-hmm. And at that time, you recommended that I. Take Levi the Polkot folks mm-hmm. and uh, Zacchaeus in Kenya. In, in Kenya. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. And James and Zacchaeus were my hosts at that time. Yeah. And that was an amazing trip. Really just eye-opening to see how the Lord is is working and moving among the Polkot people. And mm. uh, really, really neat trip. Mm. And then when it became Seth's turn, I, I stayed inside the United States uh, for a couple reasons. Seth wanted to take some friends from high school. And so we mm. wanted to to, to do something that we could do inside the United States. And then this is Brandon's turn. So Brandon's a senior in high school. And so I approached you again at lunch and yeah. said, okay, well, Scott, I'm going to do this again. What are your thoughts? And so yeah. you suggested to, to go to Nepal. And one of the reasons you said was because, unfortunately, Gopal has been denied a visa three times. Right. And so he hasn't seen a lot of other people from our church. Right. He's seen yourself and yeah. a handful of others. Right. But really just hasn't had that exposure that. Yeah. The benefit that these other guys have of being able to come in October every right. other year, right? For uh, and many of them have been coming, you know, over a decade. Yeah, and uh, he hasn't had that. So yeah. your suggestion was, and, and you also really appreciate what they're doing over there. Exactly. Too. Yeah, what God's doing <clears throat> in that work. Yep. So the combination of those two things, yep, uh, really created a mutual blessing. Huh. You know, I, I hope that we were able to bless him in, in, yeah. in the spirit of fellowship, but we were certainly blessed yeah. without a doubt. So. Um, Anyway, so I said, Brandon, we're going to go to Nepal. And then Bailey and Seth said, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Can we come too? So I said, sure, why not? So yeah. we, we made it a foursome. And we, mm-hmm. it, was, yeah. it was a great trip. And I would encourage anybody uh, to do that. I think uh, you would obviously be the, the person with the wisdom to know where's the right place to go and at what time. Mm-hmm. But uh, these people are very hospitable. Yeah. And they appreciate visitors. And right. um, it's, a real, it's a mutually blessing type of fellowship it's really really neat yeah yeah i think a lot of times as as americans you know because because we're so affluent you know our you know as as americans in general we're we're very affluent and and we send teams out and we make trips and i think we because of our wealth 
we always have the mentality and we're always viewed as being the ones who do the giving. And, and just, you know, the opportunity to go to places like this where, where, you know, these churches are led by guys like Gopal that are very established in the faith, very mature in the faith, um, have a great relationship with God and, and are doing a great job of discipling other people and establishing their churches in the faith, you know, to go and, and see that and learn from them, you know, so to speak, and, and to, you know, have the opportunity, like you said, it was mutual, have the opportunity for them to be a blessing to you, not just you go to, you know, be a blessing to them, but, but you know, just for them to be a blessing to you and just being so hospitable and opening themselves up and receiving you and, you know, just all that they've communicated and exposed you to and, and all like that, I just think is just huge for our relationship, you know, uh, as a church with them. Because we've, we've been working with them for a long time. And, and like you said, we've tried to bring Gopal here a number of times just because God is doing an amazing work and we, we want the church to hear about it. We want the church to meet him. And so far, <laughs> we haven't been able to bring him. And yeah. So it was just exciting to me that you guys were able to go over there and spend that time with him. And, and I believe just, you know, enhance our relationship with him, you know, that because you're from, you know, we're from the same body. And, and a lot of times, you know, guys like him, the, all that he knows of FBC is Jim and I, you know, or mm -hmm. my dad. My dad was, you know, the one that originally was meeting with him. And, and uh, so, yeah, it was super exciting for me that you guys could go over there and spend that time with him and had the experience that you had. And so how, just in general, how would you say that these trips, taking your kids, you know, to expose them to, you know, first to Kenya and with the Pocot and now to Nepal and with Gopal, um, just how's it, how's it affecting your family, you know, in, in general? Yeah, I think it gives a, a global focus or global view of our faith hmm. because you know James and Zacchaeus and their families I have I have lifelong friends now right in that area so we communicate by WhatsApp yep and yep. when something happens uh, when Pastor Peter died you know hmm. I was one of the one of the people that received that information directly right. in WhatsApp and and we were able to share texts about that and hmm. You know, anytime a life event happens or just sometimes we just catch up yeah. over WhatsApp and it's just it's neat to have that lifelong friendship yeah. with people around the world. Yeah. And I expect the same to be true for Gopal. We've already exchanged some emails and mm. I expect that we'll be communicating, mm -hmm. you know, sure. from here on out. You <laughs> yeah. know, it's like, right. you know, we have friends on the other side of the world now. Yeah. And, and uh, it just enriches your your faith because as you're as you're fellowship bubble grows yeah uh the uniqueness and the blessings that god has given each person you get to receive some of that and, yeah. that, and that's really sweet yeah yeah you will you'll be added to their repertoire now like we go to like whenever we go to kenya and meet with the pocot you know they always want to know about the people that they've met you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> how's, how's pastor mark doing and you know mike thomas other guys on our missions committee and my dad you know and well, they always ask about your family, you know, yeah. because you've been there and they've stayed in your home when they come to the conference. And, and so now I'm sure Gopal is going to do the same thing. We're actually headed there in May, uh, the beginning of May. And, uh, and he's going to do the exact same thing, ask how you guys are. And, and that, so that relationship has begun. And, yeah. But again, it's, you know, I can't, 
I can't express it enough how important it is from the standpoint of our missions committee that that people, you know, other other people in FBC are able to go and build these relationships because it, it it's one of our six core values, enduring relationships. And and we don't mean that as just, you know, us as individuals in our relationship with them, but we're I mean, we're talking about us as a body, us as a as a church. And so, you know, just the fact that you guys were um, desirous of going over there and you went over there and spent that time and you know it's it's just huge for our relationship and so it's awesome yeah. you know thanks for uh making the uh, suggestion yeah yeah <laughs> i'm yeah, glad we got yeah, to do it absolutely yeah. is there any other testimonies or any other stories that you wanted to share or any any other thoughts that you uh, had or there's one story that came to mind that i no. don't think my dad talked about with gopal but when he first became a Christian, he there was one like time where he got on a train to go to church. Yeah. And while yeah. he was on the train, he I think it was either he went on the train with his best one of his best friends, or like he got on the train and his best friend was on the train too, going somewhere. Yeah. And they started talking, and he asked his best friend asked him where he was going, and he said, "Well, I'm going to church." So then his friend said, "Oh, well then I'll come to church with you, I guess." And they both went to church, and then when his friend asked him like how long he was staying, he's like told him how long he was staying. He goes, "All right, I'll stay that long too." And then he said, well, I think I'm, and then Gopal was like, it just kept going on and on. Gopal said, I think I'm going to like go to like a pastor school. And he said, okay, I'll do that too. Uh, and Gopal never really expected like anything that much to happen with him. He thought, well, he's doing this because I'm doing it. Once like I go off and start like leading a church or something, he'll probably just start slowly fade away. But now he is one of like the main pastors and like leaders at the church in uh, Kathmandu. Kathmandu that they go to. And still to this day, like, is a very really big believer. We uh, met with him, and he talked to. He made some funny jokes. Oh, that know. Akash. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so yeah. he talked to us about it. He's a really nice guy, really lovable, yeah. uh, really big. Yeah. For, for uh, Nepal, uh, Nepali guy for sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was really great just to see like that. Like that was an example of like this guy just had like blind faith and said, mm. "Well, let me just. I'm just gonna follow Gopal." And now he's still to this day like kind of following Gopal and following yeah. him to yeah. lead and. So that was really cool. Yeah. So really you met cool with the, their church in Kathmandu yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 Our second to last day. Or okay. I guess it was, yeah, the second Saturday we were there right before we left. Yeah. We got to go to their church in Kathmandu, which is actually just like one of his, um, like an apartment kind of. Mm-hmm. So you walk in, there's like a rectangular room that's probably 10, 10 yards by like three yards wide. Mm. You have your bathroom door on your right. You have a room to your um, left. And then you have your kitchen to your right a little farther. Mm. And we started sitting in there. We, we arrived, I guess, a little early for church. And we just started talking to, like, the main pastor that's mm. been, like, kind of talking uh, more recently. Mm. And slowly people just started coming into, like, you were shoulder to shoulder with everyone in this room. Wow. And you, it, was, it was probably 25, 30 people in this wow. little room. Yeah. And so we're, we're just tied up there just sitting there. Um, but it was great. Yeah, it was a really good, fun time. Huh. Yeah. There's neat things the Lord's doing. I mean, like, I remember huh. one story... There's a, a young man who's uh, probably 20, and he wanted to go to Bible school. Mm. And his dad said, you know, well, you probably need to go to uh, the Middle East and work like everybody else, you mm. know. And he said, well, I'm really praying about going to Bible school in Kathmandu. Mm. And they're farmers. They didn't have the economic means to do that. Yeah. Well, just so happens South Korea, Christians in South Korea, wanted to sponsor mm. people to go to Bible school in Kathmandu. And through pastors, it's kind of like pastors texting pastors. And, uh, you know, 
Gopal said, well, actually, I have two candidates right here. <laughs> and there were two scholarships left. It was just kind wow. of the Lord working, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and that type of stuff is happening all the time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. It's really, really neat. Did he tell you at all about the other pastors that he's been training and discipling, passing the lessons on that? <clears throat> Very A little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think the, we met some of the other pastors. Yeah. So we, they had a leadership meeting. Uh, every Monday they have a leadership meeting. Mm-hmm. So we were able to sit through that and, and participate. Okay. And we didn't understand everything because they sure. didn't translate everything, but it, <laughs> right, was, uh, right, right. it was encouraging. Yeah. But they, uh, yeah, the, he's got several leaders yeah. who um, to do what they what they're doing. What those leaders do is they mm-hmm. are on the team that goes to those visitors' homes. Uh, Gobal isn't the only one doing that. Right. They spread right. out and distribute that job. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's that's a lot of what those pastors are doing. Yeah. Is doing the visitations, yeah. and teaching through creation to Christ. And, yeah. And that's. That's a big burden there because they just people come to come to the church not knowing anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just the leaders in his area there. Then there's uh, we were there a year ago. There was uh, there was like 60, 60 pastors from all over Nepal. Yeah. That he has been meeting with once a month. He began with Creation of Christ with them and did a conference and and taught those lessons and gave them copies of it to use in their churches. And then he went on to position in Christ and then. When we went there a year ago, we together with him taught them Acts, and now I'm pretty sure he's gone on to Romans and Ephesians even with them. And so, yeah, he's not only has his own church he's discipling, then the leadership in that church, but this school, then teaching in other villages in his area, and then still equipping another fifty or sixty pastors from all over Nepal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really neat. It's really neat to see that. Yeah, and and the Lord's really. Opening people's eyes to the, the light of the gospel. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah. I uh, think a, just one last thing because this yep. just came to my mind too. Um, but our New Year's Eve, we yeah. s- <laughs> we went to our – so it was – I was a little tiring for me because I was tired for the whole day. But we went into the church at around 7 o'clock. Uh. And we had probably around 20, 25 people. So not too many like, as much as like the actual church service. Mm. But we just sat around in a circle we prayed and we sang songs for five hours wow. until midnight. Huh. And it was just, it was really, it was just amazing. And like, I know at the beginning, we were like five hours. That's a long time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, we're yeah, going to sure. be really bored. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it was, was just the crazy, like just the faith that they have. It's uh, just so strong. Uh, and even though we can't understand what they're saying most of the time, yeah. you just know that God is present in yeah. that place. In uh, time. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because I was like, well, sitting here for five hours, I was already almost falling asleep at dinner. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, how yeah. I'm going to get through this. Yeah. And so we started off with my dad doing like a little 40-minute like minute. Um, lesson that he uh, came up with. I think my older brother talked a little bit too. Huh. But then we just like, we, I think we sang two songs and then we prayed about some of the churches hmm. and then we sang like two more songs and then Gopal started asking each person individually or each like family, group of family that was there about like what they needed like prayer for. Huh. And it was just like, and like soon like time just started flying by hmm. and I was just like, wow, this is amazing. And one thing I really liked or loved about them was their prayer is not like, like I was very surprised at first because when they pray, it's not just one of them talking to God. It's everyone like having their own conversations with God, which I feel like that's yeah. like, that's the, like the way to pray is right. everyone should be. It's not just like one person like being like the delegate and like the ambassador to talk to like 
Christ. Mm-hmm. But it's like all of us should be talking to our Father like mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing that was great. It was like you have everyone starting to pray just for this one person mm-hmm. and their family. And then slowly like people's like end and then you have one person that they at that like keeps it going and after they finish like we all say amen together and we gotcha. like it's not just like so they're all praying at the yeah, same time. It's just yeah, yeah. it's everyone yeah. just talking to God. Right. And, like having their own conversations and mm-hmm. having like their own um, moments it's super it was yeah. super uplifting and they did that for every family yeah they would yeah. ask the family's needs and they would pray and they would ask oh, wow. the next family's needs and they would pray yeah. and, and and that's why it took a couple hours oh yeah <laughs> wow that's, that's what took a lot of time yeah. but yeah it was but they're praying amazing. people oh yeah. yeah they are praying people yeah yeah it was yeah. it's yeah. not just these piddly 15 second prayers oh, I mean, right they mean and it. they're in it you yeah. know and they're they're yeah it's it's yeah. their whole bodies it's, in it. they're they're praying amazing. yeah they're believing they're that's awesome yeah yeah that's great so did they ask you guys to sing as a family while you were there? <laughs> no. No? Well, they did ask there Seth. Was, there was a moment where they asked Seth if he would uh, play a song on the guitar because he was like kind of messing around before we started like the whole oh, okay. like singing and stuff. Um, me, um, actually him, and Gopal, one of Gopal's sons, or I guess his only son, we were all messing around with like instruments and just kind of like making all these beats and like just having fun. But, um, but yeah, so they asked Seth – to play a song, but he didn't really like his since his phone wasn't working and like he didn't really know any songs off the top of his head. He was he's not an amazing guitar player. He's pretty good, but he's not. <laughs> yeah, he's not yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so we didn't do any of that. But yeah, we did. They did sing a lot. They actually did do one like performance, I guess, or something. They played a song and there was um they danced and like I guess it was more of a traditional dance. That was cool scene. Huh. Yeah, but yeah, it was nice. It was really fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. All right. Any last stories that come to mind? I think so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, again, we just uh, really appreciate you going and taking the time and and then making the investment. And uh, and I know that you you know viewed it as a privilege and you know that something that you could invest in your own family. But you know, I I know it was a a real investment in them and their ministry and our relationship with them. And so, you know, on the behalf of our missions committee, you know, we really thank you guys for, you know, in in that sense, being our ambassadors and going over there and and just continuing to add to our relationship with them and and just going over there and loving on them, loving the people and interacting with those kids. And so many of those kids, you know, like you said, they're untouchable kids. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, people, you know, I mean, they won't, don't want to have anything to do with them. And it was the whole reason why I even started that school. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Because many of them weren't welcome in the government school. Yeah. And so yeah. for you guys to go over there and interact with them and play with them and have, you know, it's, it, it, it's had to have had impact, mm-hmm. you know, and whenever I go, it's just, you know, me and a couple of other guys and, you know, adults, and we're spending our time with Gopal and, mm-hmm. and the adults and, you know, we'll go and see the kids and say hi to them and that kind of thing. But, you know, for you guys to go and play with them and, mm-hmm. and play with them for a few days and interact with them, I, yeah. you know, it's just, I know God is, you know, just using that in their lives and as just a, an amazing, um, you know, source of encouragement and, and blessing. And so really thank you guys for going and, and for taking that time and you know, spending your break over there ministering to other people instead of laying on the couch and playing video games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we can't so, wait to go back. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Amen. So thank you. And uh, we want to thank you all for, for listening. And um, yeah. And so we just ask that you would 
continue to pray for us and continue to pray for our global missions program. And we got another, Jim and I have been meeting this past week and making plans for um, trips over the next few months. And uh, between now and June, we have pretty much have a, 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 a trip that we're going to be making each month. And uh, so definitely uh, appreciate your involvement and prayers. So thank you all.